0: Good evening everybody, my name is Brent Cedarham, and you are listening to another special episode of the Zranu Podcast. chance the other day to catch up with a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for the better part of 14 to 15 years. We used to work together in Kananaskis. We worked together in Edmonton. He's now living all the way across the planet in Australia, and he took time out of his busy schedule to come and be a guest on this brand new podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, Please sit back, relax, get a beer, get a beverage, get a snack, get whatever you'd like to enjoy. And we'll see you back here in a second. And you will hear an interview with none other than Christopher Mercier. Yeah, drinks here we go canadian club <laughs> i thought you were on the vodka sodas for some reason
1: no no so so these are these are common here this is a uh, pre-mixed drinks
0: um, yeah don't you remember we went to the fucking uh above that, and beyond no 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 is that what it's called yeah it, it was, was the Aussie that... bar on on white ave oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh um, what, that... oh, what was that called what was that it was like down unders or something. Uh, it probably it's probably not there anymore. But no, it's a last last when I was still in Canada, it was a British bar.
0: Oh, they like it turned into a British bar.
1: Yeah, they, I think they went under and somebody else opened something different.
0: Yeah, and they've got they had the, like the dark and stormies
1: and. Well,
0: it, yeah, was it was the it was one night there was just like a whole bunch of scantily clad women giving us free samples and we just kept getting free samples more free samples of that Canadian club and Ginger or whatever it was. That was the uh, the night we went to Pampa. That's right. The when Catherine and I were having a date,
1: and you were our third wheel. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. We were and the then, third wheel. I was a third wheel.
1: Yeah. And then we started drinking doubles at, at dinner.
0: Oh, we and didn't the realize bill there were doubles.
1: And the bill and was the like... Bill
0: came. Well, no, actually we didn't even realize we were having doubles. Yeah. We were we were just like thinking our alcohol tolerance was like super low and we got so fucking smashed and then the bill came and we were like, "What?" Oh my god, <laughs> and it was like they were serving us doubles the entire time. I remember I was pissed. I was happy drunk and pissed at the same time because nobody told me it was drinking doubles. Like that was that had to have been at least 10 years ago. Oh no! Well, I've been here for uh maybe six now. no. You're yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. It was probably yeah. around ten years. Yeah, it's been a long time since we chatted, but also, um, like, does there any podcast is about like change and self improvement and, and and sharing stories and 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 giving people value? And um, you know, I've known you since two thousand and seven. Holy crap! What is that like fourteen years now? Yeah, it's wow. a long time. So I've, I've, uh, I've known you as a dad, a chef, um, you know, then you, you, a rum lover. I don't know if you're still a rum lover or not.
1: I've got, I've got, I'm building my collection once again. Oh, um, yeah, Yeah, there's a, there's actually a distillery. Uh, it's about 20 minutes down the road called the Bean Lee Distillery. The which? Bean Lee Beanley, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they've got some tremendous rums that they're doing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's just like okay. a small artisan distillery. It's, it's just phenomenal. They've got some really good stuff. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I remember. You were like a, a dark rum and diet with like two ice cubes or something <laughs> like that. Yep. That's how much we drank together. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: before that, it was uh, a lot of the margarita maker margaritas and jello shots and Oh, oh, you man. remember those 151 Jello shots we did?
0: Oh fuck! Don't remind <laughs> me. 151, Trouble on the balcony. Like, uh, like literally makes me want to puke as soon as I because <laughs> it's like, oh, that stuff is literally. It's like, it's like Everclear. Not as bad as it <laughs> real Everclear. Is it Everclear or is it Absinthe? I can't remember. It's one of those that makes you go blackout blind drunk. Anyways, uh, probably Everclear. It's like. Puke. 90% proof or something. No. Uh, well, it's it's 75% proof. Mm. Yeah, or no, not 75%. It's 151 proof, but it that means it's like 75% alcohol. So 75% yeah. of that is like pure fucking grain alcohol. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um so yeah, anyways, um as a rum lover and then you know you moved halfway around the world you know you, you started up your own your own business the food truck the canadian food truck and you know fast forward a few years you're you're a volunteer firefighter now and you're you're an apprentice electrician now right um yes on the last two points
1: sort of um i'm just i'm i'm part of a the rural fire brigade um here okay. in it's uh, the Coomer valley fire brigade but okay. i'm not an official member as of yet um okay. I'm still waiting on the bureaucratic paperwork to get done so that I can have an official um, uh, QFIS number is what they call it. And I can officially be uh, an official member and actually fight
0: fires. Okay. So so, so you're, you're a member now. So what do you do? Um, at this point,
1: it's just it's training. Um, okay. So we, we meet weekly... Uh, We have a Tuesday night um, training, um, Mm -hmm. and it's every Tuesday night uh, we'll do like hose work or we'll do drills or we'll do um, sometimes do theory. Um, We had a presentation from another one of our firefighters is a one of the, I'm not sure if he's pilot or co-pilot, but he's one of the fire bombers.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
1: Yeah. And he went over to the US to, to train for a bit. And yeah, we had like a here's the services that they actually offer to you here in Queensland. And here's how you'd use them. And here's, um, here's the resources you can position. And this is how you call for this. And um, the basic was we're all firefighters here. So if you want to talk to me like a firefighter, we'll understand that. Okay. Yep. And as for the, yep. Yeah, go ahead. So as for the apprenticeship, um, I finished my my cert two, which is uh, entry level, starting your career um, in electricians. But I don't okay. actually have an apprenticeship quite yet. Um, I'm just waiting for my boss to get that done.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. But you're on your way. So you're I'm... you're you're starting out a career in in uh, in electricity. That sounds really dumb. <laughs> electrical work. Electrical work. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay so are you doing is it like residential uh electrician or industrial or commercial like what sort of sector are you going to fall into um
1: well right now we're, we we actually just uh finished a major a major uh contract we were working on uh for a uh luxury brand uh retail shop i'm not going to name okay. it because yeah, uh, they're, yeah, trying yeah to, they're trying to they're trying to let all us thirteen first, of the new podcast
0: listeners it. aren't going to worry about it. Probably all thirteen. Probably not,
1: but there'll probably be a few people that I don't. Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so we just finished a major, fifteen-week uh, job doing a, a major, um, luxury retail outlet. That's huge. Um, we've done uh, houses. We've done offices. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty complex, pretty full on. So.
0: So have you tried to do any shit in your house now? Like rewire no. stuff or build contraptions?
1: Well, we don't own at the moment, so uh, okay. so I'm not going I've tried to look at the the internet a bit, but yeah, I don't quite have the uh, the hardware for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah so it yeah. okay.
1: yeah, didn't didn't really come to much. Um I wanna wire up some LED lights for my garage so I can see on my workbench, but
0: that's pretty nice. much about it. Nice. How big's your garage?
1: Oh, it's two car. Well, you could probably get two car garage, two cars in it, but yeah, it's a decent large one side one car garage. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, 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 that's cool. I just realized how like that's like asking how big your dick is. <laughs> you know, how big your garage? But this big. Yeah, that big, and then I'm like, hmm, hmm. I won't complete that sentence, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's I've good. Got a,
1: I've got a full workbench in there. We've got. Uh, storage on one side there's a fridge and a freezer in there nice yeah Uh, I've got a treadmill and we can still if if we actually just parted the crap in the middle we can still park the car in there
0: nice so Yeah, yeah when we when we bought our house a few years ago we had a like it's a single car garage but I think I parked when I had a small Corolla I was able to get it in there but like literally that was all I was able to get in yeah and you know, I've decided, or we've decided, that we're just not going to use it actually as a garage because we've uh, accumulated so much stuff over the years that we literally can't park a car in there anymore. So, yep. You know. um,
1: I was like that at one point, and then I moved to the other side of the planet and started all over again.
0: Yeah, that fresh start, eh? That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, I got a bunch of questions for you, but I guess the first thing is, um, what's COVID like in in, in Australia right now?
1: Um. Well let's see uh it's cost me uh two jobs and a family member at this point
0: um what do you mean a family member
1: yeah, i had an aunt that passed away this year from oh Miami.
0: no sorry to hear that
1: um yeah early early january um she was i believe she was 86 okay yeah, yeah so unfortunately you know there's a personal loss there um mm-hmm. yeah i've lost a uh, two jobs that's uh, I got laid off back in, just trying to think, March, I believe. Okay. And then um, I got a, a new job as a uh, a laborer um, working a pipe extruder. So right. they made uh, PVC conduit and piping. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for probably about three months and then got laid off, laid off there because Right. Um, COVID, COVID, affected their uh, business where they they had too much uh, pile up of stock, um, which was kind of a good thing because the next day I started my my schooling for my apprenticeship. So,
0: oh, nice, nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, that's certainly crazy. Certainly crazy times. i I'm curious because uh, I'm getting. You know, obviously, they say what they say in the news, in the media. But uh, so, I guess I'll ask you: like, is COVID pretty much non-existent now in Australia, or are there still restrictions, lockdowns? Like, what's what's going on? Um, there's there's definitely uh,
1: restrictions. Uh, there's social distancing, what we call it. Um, you know, you got to keep 1.5 meters from anybody. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, the theaters are open. Restaurants, you can go sit in a restaurant. You can go to sporting events. I went to um, a uh, rugby union game. About oh, nice! Yeah, about three months ago, and the stadium was packed. So, you know, it's 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 there, but it's not quite uh, as full on um, as it is other places. Like we've had. Did you
0: say it's like you're you're kind of treating it like it's flu season now? Like it's there, it can infect people, but the healthcare system can handle it so to speak where it doesn't upset normal living we
1: haven't had a uh, community transmitted case in the last I believe it's 12 days I might be a bit off and watch the news or listen to the radio much oh
0: you better be careful because I'm fact checking this shit as soon as we're done
1: you better, I expect it (laughs) uh, uh, you know like we've had hundreds of cases not thousands of cases Right, like we've been able to. Um, there are small hotspots, like as as in small, like Melbourne and Sydney have had huge lockdowns and right. have had to um, implement huge restrictions. I think in Melbourne you still have to wear a mask. From,
2: okay. Yeah. From
1: place. Um, in Queensland, where I'm at, uh, there's there isn't a lot of COVID. There was a there's a couple of the UK strains that were going through Brisbane, um, right? Yeah, but that was that was literally two cases about a month ago, and there okay. was a, a lockdown that lasted, I think it was three days, and then we had to wear a mask
0: for, I think, a week, week and a half. Yeah. So, okay. So you're definitely well ahead of the game than uh, than we are over here in, in Canada, and we won't even talk about the states. That's just a yeah. different story altogether. <laughs> Although per capita, they are winning the vaccine race. Oh, but we fine. weren't here to talk about what's that? So finally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're winning at something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, don't want to talk about COVID or vaccines unless you want to. I'm not. I'm not very uh, well versed on the matter. I'm. I'm more curious to hear other people's perspective on it. Um, yeah. It's, so, yeah, it's
1: go ahead. A, like I've talked to uh, friends and family and about about how they're dealing with COVID and yeah. and whatnot. So I'm I'm kind of somewhat abreast of what's going on in in Alberta, right? right. Um, but yeah, here it's completely different.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of family members, like so, my my I had one, two, three. Um, I had. Four family members contract the virus um and unfortunately similar to you one, one one death my uncle passed he was 80 kind of the same age as your aunt I think like 86 87 I can't exactly remember no, that's the number yeah it, it is and it's funny because um you know he was old and you know there's old people things that happen when you're when you're that age you know things start sort of slowing down and whatnot if not all if not you know, well past slow down, but he was still a healthy guy. He was still, his faculties were all there. He was still walking, like no big deal. Then he got, then he got it. And then he eventually tested negative after quarantining and all that sort of stuff. And then probably about a month later after he was in the clear, all of a sudden, all of his, like his kidneys started shutting down his lungs, like all those vital organs just started shutting down. Uh, to the point where his blood wasn't oxygenated enough, so he had to go into an infirmary and just basically be hooked up to oxygen until until he passed. And um, the really weird thing, and, is that when they when they marked the cause of death on the on I was going about to say gift certificate, Jesus Christ, on the <laughs> death certificate, um, they just put natural causes, which I found, which I thought was a bit too coincidental to say natural causes considering the timeline of everything but i'm not a fucking doctor i don't know i just thought that was kind of weird
1: yeah well unfortunately yeah the the that kind of i think that situation is is happening like you Mm -hmm. can't you don't want to necessarily pin everything on covid like i had my in the last year i had a a, my grandfather passed away and it was complications due to cancer and he'd been fighting cancer for four four and a half years and they gave him six right. months to live and it you know he right. got another another few years out of it. It wasn't high quality life but you know he was still around. Like you you can't mark everything as a COVID death these days. Because unfortunately people still pass away from normal causes. Like if it if if they can link causality between the two like
2: well, that's what kind of what you,
0: core morbidities are though, right? It's 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 a, you know, COVID was a, I don't want to say a precursor, but a contributor towards, you know, or an accelerant to whatever it is they had. So you're right. You, you, can't, you can't blame it for everything, but, you know, you can't, I guess, reject the notion that it had something to do with it. But yeah, like, that's but it, all cool. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. It, you can definitely, like, by the sounds of it, like me not being a doctor nor having any medical background whatsoever you know it it sounds like it's just like it could be the result of his body trying to fight this disease him getting it through and then just not having enough in the tank to sustain everything else or it could have been just direct complications due to you know like lung issues and uh, effects of covid right
0: yeah it's crazy uh it's crazy stuff um but yeah i don't want to selfishly i don't want to talk more about covid everybody fucking talks about it and uh but i guess i should blame myself because i asked you the question Few questions for you, um, and the first thing uh, I, I want to ask you, um, which will kind of get into more of the the theme about the Ranu podcast and, and about change and and pain and, and experiencing struggles, uh, I want to ask you about your divorce, um, okay. if uh, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I know, you know, when we, when we were living together in Edmonton, you know, we, you, you talked a bit about your ex-wife and some of the challenges you had with her, you know, post-divorce, but we, what, you know, what kind of led you down that path to say, okay, call it quits, you know, and what was that sort of final straw? What, what pushed you over the edge or her over the edge to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this? Um, well, first of all, it,
1: it, it was a walking down the street one day and she's like, that's it. I've had enough. Something's got to change and it's going to be you. And then three days later I was moving out. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was, I pretty sure it was a long time coming. Um, we weren't together. I think we were probably married for a year, Maybe. Um, okay. Yeah. We were probably together maybe a year before that, not even. But yeah, it yeah. was just it was a uh, we weren't capa- compatible and okay. Um she was bipolar. She hadn't been diagnosed yet. Um she's unfortunately right. passed. okay, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um I have uh Zaid, my oldest from from that relationship and you know, he's one of the Miracles of my life. Um, nice. Still, still in Calgary. Still trying to uh, find his way in the world in, in, yeah. the, in a COVID society. Um, he's at university doing his thing. Nice. What's he taking or what's he doing? Um, and he's university? he's in environmental or uni. Sciences. I
0: guess I said chase since you're uni. Living in uni, yeah. uni, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's environmental sciences right now. Um, oh, cool. And he's, he's having a little issue with the chemistry but uh i think he's 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 a smart kid so he's gonna buckle
0: down and get over it and oh fuck who doesn't have issues with chemistry it's not one Eh. plus one equals two you know (laughs) i remember when i took chemistry in high school and i studied my ass off to get a fucking 58 percent in my final exam like my not like a late night cram eight hours cram before the night of the test or the day of the test like concerted effort and it's like some things you just get and some things you just don't this yeah. is kind of the reality of it all I guess um so you say he's a miracle and and I mean everybody loves their kids and everybody has that sort of attitude towards their kids but um he must have been uh I, I don't want to is it like a shining light or so, like what did he represent out of that divorce for you to call him a miracle child?
1: Well, I think first of all, all kids are miracles in one way or another. They they definitely teach you something, um, and they keep teaching you. Like he's he's twenty and he still is teaching me things. Sometimes it's just patience and yeah. uh, trying to learn new ways to communicate with somebody. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is definitely.
0: He probably just kept you going right like you know you cuz cuz he was he already born by the time you guys were divorced or
1: yeah he was yeah. uh not even a year old not even a year um, old. Okay. we were married in september he was born in january
0: okay okay
1: and then yeah
0: downslide from there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then so you were living in edmonton at the time right
1: um well we were in uh stony plain at the time So stony it's plain. just okay. a sub-
0: suburb of edmonton yeah yeah, that's like half an hour away, yeah, type of thing, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So then, um, you divorced. You left three days later. Like, then, 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 what happened? What would you do? Where'd you go?
1: Um, that uh, I literally uh left with my I uh, broke up with my wife and started a probably the second job I had as a chef at uh, at okay. Delta Hotels. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of where my career started to take off. Um, I finished like my apprenticeship, right? that was before Canada. Yeah. I was still, yeah. uh, Edmonton city centers is, is where I went to.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then, um, yeah, I went from divorce, kind of had to pick myself up, um, start a new job, move on with my career, finish my schooling. Um And as soon as that was done, I was off to Canada.
0: Okay. So, um, you know, the way, the way you explain it, it's, it's great. It's pretty, it sounds almost transactional, but there's a lot, lot of stuff going on there in between, like what kind of motivated motiv- motivated you to just keep pushing to finish school? you know, get some schooling done, keep working, like, what was it that just made you decide to keep going I guess um the biggest thing that kept me going was
1: just having to having something to get up and go to okay um like there was a there was a lot of dark time between me starting at the the city center and me leaving Canadasco so that's that's almost a 10 year period there right um, yeah because I was uh, yeah I was with Delta for about 10 years but yeah there's right. a lot of dark road in there and yeah. i think just giving yourself no out option you're you're either going to you're going to make it through this or you're just going to keep trying um, okay something nice. something i definitely would have uh, picked up in the kitchen as 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 a chef you know just put your head down you're going to make it through this one way or the other
0: yeah yeah i well man i am i've never been a, a culinarian i tried once when i was when we worked at chop and i went away to richmond and was working behind the line and i was like there's no fucking way i could do this and like you're right like you have no choice like when you're when you're there like there's unless you like literally th- literally throw in the towel and walk off the line then you just got to push through no matter what so you know being a being a line chef or a cook uh you know such a great example of just pushing through it cuz you really don't have any other choice yeah. That's actually kind of cool. I never thought of it that way. Um, okay, so how long were you at the city center for?
1: Um, I believe I was there for about four to five years. Okay,
0: then what yeah. the heck? How did you end up in Can in Cananaskis?
1: Um, Well, uh, David Gray and Associates. So it was David Gray, <laughs> and his, uh, oh, man. Claudio, and um, perhaps I can't remember anybody's name right now. Um, his wife was there. Uh, Lisa Anderson, I believe her name was. Okay. Um, She was also there, and one or two others. And uh, I'm horrible with names. Uh, Oh was a long time ago. Yeah, they came down, and they were staying in the hotel for a food competition. And they come into the kitchen at one point saying, Okay, well, we're here from us. We just need to store this product in your freezer overnight we're at this competition i'm like yeah no worries just you know uh i was the first cook oh i wasn't the first cook i was the second cook at the time so i was just a big nobody i'm like yeah sure throw it in the freezer no worries um they're like okay well we're going out for drinks if you want to come and join us we'll sit down and have a chit chat and see what we can you know tell you what's going on i sat down with them and like four hours later i'm like all right my next stop is definitely Canada. These people nice. have passion; they have a drive. It's just something completely different from what I was used to.
0: Okay, and so you just you gave your two weeks, and just
1: no. Came? Um, I was there probably another six months before I could just okay. up and leave. Like, yeah, being being a, a single dad and and whatnot, and I had to finish my, my schooling. Um, I finished my my third year of my apprenticeship. Uh, graduated, got my journeyman, and right. then my, that was my next move was was off to Canadascas. Okay. Like at one point, my chef sat me down as just just before I was done my my apprenticeship. He's like, "All right, well, you're about to graduate. There's not much else we can do with you. What are you gonna do with your life?" I'm like, "I'd like to go to Canadascas now, please." <laughs> And you know it was just a conversation that a uh, Boston Pizza after um, I think it was Festival of Chefs one that year. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'd like to go to the can and Ask this, please. Can you help me with the transfer? And he's like, Yeah, we can probably help you with that. And I had a phone interview with uh, David Gray. Yeah. And somehow I, I knocked his socks off. He didn't remember who I was. <laughs> I'm like. Honestly, I don't think I knocked his socks off. I think I just impressed him with the fact that uh, the one question that he asked me is, how do you make holidays? Yeah. And as soon as I was done telling him, he's like, you're the first person in about two years to give me the right answer on that.
0: Ha <laughs> ha, there you go. So,
1: so yeah, it was uh, yeah. those those Sunday morning brunches where you got to make it like six times kind of oh. paid off in the end.
0: Nice. Nice. Oh wow. Well, <laughs> I remember David Gray. He was a uh, he 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 came off as a tough cookie. I guess we'll put it that way. But he was certainly he was certainly a fun guy to be around. No, yeah, he uh, was no doubt about he, it.
1: He definitely had had some high standards. Like I I worked with him closely. I've i received the wrath of of his his bad side. Oh yeah. But he was he was honest and he didn't sugarcoat it. And nice. I think a lot of people didn't quite accept that. Yeah. And I think that's probably why he had he had that reputation. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he was there when you needed him.
0: That's good. That's good. And I and I and I actually like that um that approach like just straight up no sugarcoating. And sometimes the truth hurts and the brutal facts hurt sometimes and it's up to you whether or not you want to Take it for what it is and learn from it or, you know, just be offended and sit on the couch and sulk about it, which obviously I don't think is the right way to go. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then, you know, you, you definitely had your fun. Uh, that's where we met, you and I, in Kananaskis, and, and we certainly had some good times. Uh, do, you, do you remember how we met? No. Well, fuck no. How did we meet? <laughs> okay,
1: so I used to be the ski friend of Kay and her and I used to, we used to um, go out every morning that ski season. Cause yeah. she, I think she started that season yeah. and we used to go out every morning during the week and we'd go, she'd ski and I'd snowboard. And um, then after, after about and it was—it's coming up on 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 this point in time when you and her started dating, because yeah. you guys started dating when Catherine and I went to Australia, which is in like right. nine or ten days from now. And I come yeah. back, and she had a boyfriend, <laughs> and she didn't she didn't want to ski with me anymore. She was busy, and she didn't really want to talk about it. Away that. from you, yeah, <laughs> and then. Next thing I know is you're hitting it off with my wife, because you two are are in the same department now.
0: Right, right.
1: And I think she was probably working for David Keem at the time. Yeah,
0: yep. She yep. was the coordinator, I think, at the time. Yeah, or well, she was in like small outlets or whatever they call it, and then eventually went into the coordinator role. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's about the time where we met. Okay, I'm glad. Some I'm glad you reminded me because I actually thought about that the other day. Cause obviously there's been so much time and so much that has happened since then. I'm just like, how did we like in my head, I just remember you and your whites behind the fireweed line, just doing your thing. Like, I don't actually remember when we met, I don't even remember meeting Catherine. I just, I remember like, you know, work instances and good times and woodies and, and all those, all those, actually, no, there was
1: big horn Bowl lounge you... and football
0: and with wings. your wife yeah. There was a Family Guy episode where Joe Madden was on it and they, it was just about, he. they made fun of the way he said football. And Catherine and I got so wrecked at the Bighorn Lounge during Super Bowl. We ate so many wings and we would literally sit there hammered and I would just, in the middle of the bar, just yell, football, <laughs> football. And i would literally do this and for, for those of which, you listening i'm sure you probably don't find this funny at all but this is like one of those inside friend things where it was so freaking hilarious
1: i was working in the Bighorn lounge kitchen at the time That's and i could right, hear you we're. from the kitchen <laughs> i spent a year in that little kitchen
0: oh man good uh good times so uh so yeah you were so you how long you, you were there for what like 4 years 4 to 5 years yeah 4 to 5 years in Cannes. so you left you went back to edmonton or went to edmonton um so what was the you know what was sort of the straw or the the trigger that made you decide you needed to head back up to northern alberta
1: um i decided that i needed to be closer to my son i've yeah. missed too much of his of his life i was still yeah. on my days off like every other weekend type thing but it was during the week yeah. um every other week i drive back the three and a half hours to edmonton yeah finish it you know 10 o'clock at night get to edmonton about two o'clock in the morning just completely wired i'd had a couple of timmies by then <laughs> and you know try to get a few hours sleep so i could pick them up Instead of him going to daycare. Okay. So I'd have to pick him up at, you know, usually it was six o'clock. So I'd get four hours sleep and we'd spend the day together at my my dad's place. And then we'd spend two days with him, take him back to, drop him back to daycare on the third day, drive from Edmonton to Kananaskis, have enough time to take a shower, have something to eat, and then start work the next day. Wow. And I did that for for almost five years, and it's just right. at, at the end, it was like I can't do this anymore, right? Because you know, sometimes you you don't get that two days off in a row. Sometimes you're not going to see two days off for once a month. You know, like I'd missed too many weekends and too much time. Um, I'd met Catherine, and we were starting a life together, and this wasn't the place for. For us to do that, we wanted to right. buy a house and settle down, and mm-hmm. you know, expend my career past where it was at because I couldn't get to the next level there.
0: Well, and and it's it's funny because you know, I from a hotel perspective, like I worked in both resorts and city properties, no different than you, and there's certainly a different mindset when it comes to you know that family life, that personal life. Uh, In that resort, well, I don't know how best to say this, but when you live in a resort like Kananaskis where you're in the middle of nowhere, your average demographic is like 18 to 24, you know, as far as the line staff, like nobody, nobody thinks about you have a son to get to or a family or other commitments. It's like you either work or you're in res or you're at Woody's or you're out playing, living the adventure, so to speak. So you're right. Like there's just some places that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be aware and they'll recognize the fact that you have family obligations, but, you know, especially in culinary, it's like, it's so military precision in a manner of speaking, where any deviation just almost feels like it throws the whole thing off course. So there's, you know, you're less sensitive to things like that. So, there's probably a lot of people out there that have had to leave jobs instead of trying to work out some sort of balance with their employer because of the nature of the the industry that they're in. And that's tough because unless you say otherwise, like you were, I mean, I, I, I felt that you were having a great time in Kananaskis. Things were great. Like there were some good people around that you had good times with. Um, you're giving me a blank stare. So is that. <laughs> no,
1: no, I'm, I'm with you. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I was just waiting for, no for my hopscotch me, for
1: me yeah. to jump in somewhere. But yeah, yeah. like, I, I I still look back at Canada and ask thinking, you know, this is probably one of the, the better times in my career as a chef. Like, yeah. it was, life in the resort is easy. You don't yeah. have to worry about getting into the car, driving to work. Yeah. You know, you work your day, you get into the car, you drive home, you got to make a dinner, you got to, you know... You gotta okay. Well, we want to go out. We gotta go all the way out. Get back in the car. We gotta go out for dinner. We're gonna go out for drinks. We're gonna go this this place, that place. Yeah. I gotta go shopping. I need a pack of smokes because I smoked at the time. You know, yeah. in the resort, you you walk from the hotel. You walk to the residence. You pick up your pack of smokes at the the bar, mm-hmm. and then you walk to your room. You get changed and you walk to the bar, and it's. Yeah. That's a 10-minute process. And yeah. you know what? Nine times out of 10, if you already got the smokes. You don't bother going home. You just go from work to the 20s. To yeah, yeah. And then you just stumble your ass home. And, you know, life is easy. You get up the next day. You do it all over again.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: got your rents paid for. If you need food, you go down to the bear. You don't need cash. You can just put it on your next paycheck. <laughs> you know, everything is so easy. And you get caught in that trap. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like a trap once you get out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I've seen so many people that have, you know, and obviously us. And even when I was in Lake Louise's example, you know, they're like, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of res. I'm tired of the drama, the the transparency, the, the lack of a private life. And I'm going to go move to Calgary and, you know, go live in the city. It's going to be awesome. And then they find themselves back there six months later because writing a rent check is too onerous on them because like you said they were just so used to everything being so much on autopilot as far as the realities of being an adult in an otherwise normal conventional society like paying your rent paying utilities taking the bus to work like it's such a It's such a it's a magical place out in Kananaskis like when you when you live in the Rockies, but you you just get so jaded from the realities of life, so So, uh, yeah, that was actually one of the other things I wanted to I wanted to ask you, because I remember um, the day that you and Catherine came to me. So I was I was the GM of a restaurant in Edmonton, a steakhouse. And Chris, you were a senior Sue, was it?
1: At the at the
0: chop. Yeah. 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 So you were a senior Sue. We worked together there for, I don't know, like three, four months or six months i can't remember how long it was yeah Uh, it was short-lived uh for both of us uh, (laughs) speaking because so anyways i remember uh cat came in and you came in and 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 maybe like it was visa issues like i couldn't remember what the the reasoning was but that was when you told me that i'm moving to australia and i was like what the fuck (laughs) so how did that all come down
1: it was an all it was a culmination it was a culmination Culmination of things
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Catherine had was gonna apply for for citizenship. Um, that was kind of uh, a bit of a bureaucratic nightmare. Um, no doubt. No doubt. Like, <laughs> the I think the form was was thirty eight pages. And only. Only yeah. Well, it's like sixty two pages for the Australian permanent residencies. Okay. Um, so she was having that issues. We kind of looked at our budgets and kind of came to the conclusion that she was about to get off maternity leave. Um, we couldn't quite afford to live in the house that we were living in and send a kid to daycare. And right. both of us work um, at the jobs that we were working. Um, yeah. To top it all off, we had decided that we were going to start a food truck in Australia with her parents, which that's where the, the, the good old food truck comes in. Ah, okay. So it okay. was kind of like a, well, we can work for no money and put the kid to, into daycare, or we could pack it all up, sell everything we have and move on the other side of the planet, which right. was the plan to happen eventually anyway. Um, yeah i remember that yeah yeah like if you had the option to to summer in australia and it's i think it's uh what is it 29 degrees right now and i'm pretty sure it's 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 a bit colder there isn't it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is man i think about that all the time but you know i uh the summers here as short as they are are awesome like and i've uh on i guess on a side note like i've I've taken up uh whitewater kayaking and that's kind of what I've been focusing on for the past uh, two to three seasons. And it's super, super fun. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely dream about being on a beach in, in February without being in an all-inclusive resort, I guess, put it that way. But uh, yeah, so you, you guys made that decision, but I, I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, what were some of the things going through your head when it, when it, as it related to Zaid, because like, obviously that was such a huge factor in the decision-making and kind of what were some of the things that went through your head to make you decide to do what you did? Well, first things
1: first, I sat down with them and I'm like, okay, well, here's the situation. Yeah. I have an opportunity in Australia. What are your thoughts on it? Are you okay with this? Do you want me to stay? You know, do you want me to, am I okay to go? Um, I didn't, put it in his lap as to, okay, well it's, this is your decision to make, but right. I let him weigh, weigh in on the, on the conversation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: gave his opinion. He's, he was pretty cool with it. Yeah. Um, I think he was probably about 14 at the time. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure um, what he was thinking, but right. he, you know, that was, he was part of our process and just, leaving when i finally did was the hardest thing i've ever done no doubt by by far and away it was it was emotionally just a train wreck yeah i left my son i left my entire family i left the the country i love and i still love canada right and i and i and i miss it but i'm here I've, I've made, a have made my life here and Mm. I'm probably going to stay here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, that makes 100% total sense. I mean, in a manner of speaking, like I lived in Ontario and I'm not comparing like Ontario to Alberta, to Canada, Australia, but when you make a long distance move like that, where you going away from pretty much everything you've ever known to foreign country, different money, different customs, different accents. You know, it's it's certainly overwhelming and I'm sure you've had a few moments like within the first year or so, like, what the fuck did I do? You know, <laughs> did I make the right did I make For, the right decision?
1: The first te- first eighteen months of my life in Australia yeah. was a total I'm not gonna say it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um but it it had its huge ups and downs.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like there were the high highs and the super low lows. Like I didn't work pretty much for the first 18 months, year and a half. I yeah. didn't have a, uh, a working visa. I had a visitor's visa because uh, once again, the bureaucratic nightmare that is mm-hmm. everything was delayed. Everything was put back. I had to get right. this. I had to do that. Oh, oh, This police check's been sitting for too long. You're going to have to get another one. And being on this side of the planet, having to get a RCMP police check is a task and a half. No doubt. You know, I had to, I had to print out a form, go to the local police department, have them fingerprint me. Yeah. (laughs) And have, have one of the, the constables there be like, okay, well, let's fingerprint you. Here's, here's the cell right there. That's where you'd be staying. We were at the fingerprinting you normal. And, you know, I sent it off and the constable missed my thumbs.
0: No way. Oh, no. So it took,
1: it took almost a month, month and a half for them to get it and go, well, it's missing something. Yeah. So then I did it again and they lost it. It got lost in the mail. And I get I get a, a email from this company like four months later because you can't actually do it through the DRSMP, you have to go to a third-party company right and they've they finally took a look at what they had and yeah. and said well we've got eight out of ten just get it done and scan it and just email it to me okay and what had happened is in the process of the first fingerprints and the second print fingerprints they actually got bought out by a different company and moved. Okay. So it was a different company with different standards. And they're like, yeah, just, just push it through. We got to get rid of this yeah. old file. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily I, I kind of moved on from there and got my fingerprints done. I had to get a medical. I had to get my son a medical for for reasons unknown because he's one of my dependents. He's not on my, my application. But I had okay. to get somebody to take him from Emmonton to Calgary to see a doctor in Calgary to get a medical. And I had That's to organize crazy. all of this from the other side of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that That's was crazy. that was just a big frustration. Yeah. I'm calling in favors from my parents, I'm calling it for friends, trying to see anybody that can take him. Eventually my dad was like, alright, let's take him. Okay. In the meantime, uh, he goes to get the, the medical or just before he goes to get the medical, his mom passes away. Oh my gosh. His passport expires. <laughs> so he needs a passport that's signed by a parent or guardian. Yeah. I'm here. I can't do it. I looked Jesus. into it and they're like, yeah, you're not even in the same country. You can't, we can't send, you can't send the forms to you to sign to send it back to Canada.
2: Oh
0: gosh.
1: I'm like, his mother just passed away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. W-
1: what do you want me to do? And and unfortunately the only next step was to um, allow his stepdad to take guardianship. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had to give up my, my rights as a parent in order for him to get a passport.
0: Permanently? I guess that there's no such thing as temporary. Like I didn't
1: give, well, technically I didn't give up my rights as a parent, but I allowed somebody else to be his guardian. Right. Okay. I see. Now, if Hmm. I, if I had to go to court and that would have been a nightmare, (laughs) I would have had to fight to get my rights back. I, I, I was I was assured that yes yes you can get your rights back. Yeah, you are his parent. You are paying child support. You are legally entitled to these rights, but you need to sign this form saying that this person has the rights to be guardian. Wow, that's that's yeah, a lot of the, shit, man. And that's Holy just cow. dealing with the 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 permanent residency, so I can get a job. I had a food truck that was.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: It had its own ups and downs. Like the
0: service was great, but you weren't even able to really. Were you, were you actually op- operating it, well, or like how did the whole the, the loophole there the is?
1: If you're, um, you're allowed to operate in a family owned business. So I wasn't allowed to get a job, but I could work at the family business. So I could work in the food truck, and I was yeah. the sole chef. For the, the the Canadian Cook Shack it was called, and we had we had these kilo turkey yeah, legs yeah, yeah. and we served poutine um, with a we got a cheese curd product that was made for us but we couldn't get the curds we could just get they'd just make it in the big block so we had to shred them so it was shredded cheese curds oh. um, and we had turkey okay, gravy yeah. because when I grew up that's that's what it was it was turkey gravy over beef gravy. And we kind of got blowback on that. Right. But, you know, it, it wound up just, yeah. there was. Going into your, into business with your family is difficult. And, and honestly, that's all I want to <laughs> say. Because there were ups and they were down. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. And um, it definitely put a lot yeah. of strain yeah. on my relationship with my wife. And we had our own ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I think it made us stronger as a couple. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to this day, we're still, mm. we're doing really good. Like considering what we've been through in the last six years, now we've got a, another baby. I don't know if you can hear her. I can yeah. hear her. She's, she's having a chat.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I heard, I heard some screaming. In the back but, you know,
1: <laughs> like, it, oh, it was wow. difficult and then it fell apart on me we it, things just didn't work next thing you know I, I don't have a job okay. my wife and I had to, were, were living in a in a condo um, we had a, a kid that we had to luckily there was government programs for him to go into a kindy program so that was uh for i think it was like
2: okay that's kindergarten well for the no Canadians that's
1: that's listening. different it's more of like daycare with structure so
0: <laughs> never mind what i just said
1: so it's 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 a structured
0: <laughs> like
1: preschool what no, there's there's we, that's coming up. Is preschool a thing. With, like, it with, starts mm-hmm. so it's kindergarten for oh. Oh. pretty much from yeah. when you're okay. put into kindy and there's I think there's four years or five years of it, and then it goes to prep, and then it goes to yep. grade one. Yeah. So yeah, okay. From from there, it's all Man. the similar. <laughs> Although it goes to grade six and then it goes to high school.
0: So uh, so you guys were living... So um, you moved into a condo after the, the business, like after you guys closed the business, right? Um, Just before. Just before, actually. Okay.
1: Yeah. Just before. Moved into a condo. I wasn't... I didn't really have any friends here. Right. So I was sitting on my butt, watching TV, being a stay-at-home dad, which didn't really... A, I love my son. I love both of my sons and yeah. my daughter. Yeah. But being a stay-at-home dad is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, it the depression sunk in real fast. Wow, okay. Um, I started packing on the weight. Um, in, in Canadian terms, I think I was up to like 230, roughly. Oh, wow. Before I finally, good. like, I got to do something. I've got it. I've got to, to change. I got to make a change to my lifestyle because I felt like crap. I looked like crap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't have any energy. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. I didn't want to make dinner. I didn't want to do the laundry. I didn't want to get off the couch for anything. I didn't want to play with my kid. I didn't want to talk to my other kid. I didn't want to. I just yeah. that was it. I just wanted to sit here and let the world pass me by. Right.
0: Um, and then. Okay. So you, uh, you were a stay at home dad and would it be proper to say you kind of fell into a depression of some sort?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like the depression, I, I, it took, took probably about four or five months after I had really sunk into it to realize that this is a problem. This is, this ain't good for me. And my wife was saying, you know, was, she she tell me all the time you got to do something you got to what's wrong with you right what's what's going on you got to you got to do something you got to do something and then one day it just it clicked i bought a pair of running shoes nice i'm like i can't go to the gym i can't afford it i'm not working yeah catherine's working part time as a kindy teacher right or barista to de- She kind of switched from barista to kindy teacher about then. Right. So she was making, wouldn't say minimum wage, but it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a part-time minimum wage income. Yeah. So I couldn't afford anything. I got these shoes and it was a miracle that we could have, I got shoes. Catherine got shoes. She decided we're going to do something. I'm like, all right, let's get these shoes. Let's start walking. We'll walk at nights. We'll do something. Cool. Um, flash to like a month and a half later, we still hadn't used them. Okay. We might have put them on. might have gone for like a walk once or twice. And then, you know, life gets in the way as it does. She was, she got doing other things. She got busy at work or, you know, I just didn't want to. And I kind of brought her down or she didn't want to and she kind of brought me down and right eventually i'm like that's it i've had enough i've got to do something i'm gonna go running nice and it was it was the like if if you would have known me you like when you first met me and you looked at me you would is that guy a runner
0: oh man you would have been like I know, like, we, we've chatted, like, on Facebook Messenger, like, once a year stuff, kind of catching up every once in a while. And I think was it was a year or two ago when you told me that you had started running, or however long ago it was. Like, I was shocked. I was like, like you said, there's no fucking way you're running. No way. That's not the Chris Mercier I know. <laughs> used to be cool, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I started running. And that, it it was just, it was I think it was probably like a kilometer and a half. Yeah. And the first run took me probably like a good 25 minutes. Okay. And it, it it wasn't about the time and it wasn't about the distance, it was about just doing it. Yeah. You got to get out there and you got to do it. Yeah. And and after after you do it once, well you got to do it again. And you know what? You got to push yourself. You know, you're going to run for 200 meters and you are walk for 200 meters. Well, that's fine. You're going to go forward. You're not going to stop. You're going to go forward. And then eventually it's, okay, well, it's not 200 meters. It's 400 meters. And I'm going to walk for the next 100 meters. And I'm going to go back to the 400 meters. And it's it's, it's not going to be fast, but it's going to be. And I'm going to move forward and I'm going to keep pushing. and I'm going to push and I'm going to push. And eventually it was, okay, well, I could I can run this meter or kilometer and a half. I can do the whole thing. Okay. Well, instead of let's go faster, let's go longer. And a, a kilometer and a half went to three kilometers, went to four kilometers, wound up five kilometers, and at five kilometers, because I kind of the the area we worked in had a nice uh, walking track, and I could do a loop. And down off to this way and come back on the on the path and go back to this other way and come back. And it was it was a good 5.2 kilometers or something. Right. And I'm like, all right, fine. And then I did that for probably took me about four months to get up to five kilometers. And it, it was it was forty-five minutes to an hour by the time I, I got to the five kilometers. And then it wound up being 45 minutes. And then I got it down to 30 minutes. And then, about that time, I turned 40. We moved from one place to another. This new place doesn't quite have the same running tracks, but we've got there's hills for days and there's no flat ground and there's it, you're running hills now. Yeah, so that that five kilometers and I was able to figure out what five kilometers was, wound up going from 30 minutes back to 45 minutes because it's uphill half the way, right? And I'm doing it, changed from. I think it was like three to five meters of elevation to like seventy five meters of elevation wow, in my okay. run. Yep, yep. All of a sudden, it just gets it gets into the back of my head, and I'm like, "There's a." They were talking about the marathon today on the radio. Maybe, maybe I could do that. Why not? Yeah. Like I, a year before that, six months before that, yeah, you would have been like, "Good luck, man." <laughs> like even now, you're like, "Good luck, man." It took me another... I think it was probably just over a year. Yeah. And I did it. I ran a half marathon. That's awesome. So 21 point, uh 21.9 kilometers or right. whatever it is. Yeah. I ran it non-stop in two hours and 11 minutes. Good for you. Wow. That's good time. Which... Eh, it's okay. Um... It was within my goal because I kind of just put down a realistic goal. I yeah. figured out what I could run. And then before before the marathon, I think the longest I'd ran was probably 10, 11 kilometers.
0: Right, right, right. And I could
1: I could do that in almost an hour. So I'm like, eh, 21 kilometers, two hours and 20 minutes, I can do it.
0: So you beat there's your, a, there's a, your time.
1: I beat my goal by, by nine minutes.
0: This is this is so awesome, and you know, a lot of there's there's so much that you said in there that's so applicable to a lot of the things, a lot of the different you know topics that you know I've talked about over the past couple of months. Like the, the one question I have though is, and it may be a bit ignorant considering everything that you have just spoken about, but why did you do it? Why did you decide to get off the couch and? and put on running shoes and start running i mean it almost seems like common sense and people are like oh yeah i understand why but no but what was your why because like before your answer like like finding your why or your purpose to do anything is your fuel it is your drive it will get you through the the bad days like everybody can do anything on the good days right but it's the bad days where you really realize if you're going to be able to do the things you want to do so what was your why because I needed to feel better,
1: that was that was I I felt I was depressed, I was fat, mm. I was you know run down and tired, and I didn't want to do anything. And I had to change. I knew I had to change that. Yeah, I had listened to enough people say, you know what, you really need to start taking care of yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: thirty nine. I've got high blood pressure. Um, I I don't think I had. Diabetes quite yet, but I do now. I got type two di- type two diabetic. Right, right. Which which has offered its own challenges, but okay. Uh, luckily, they kind of they work together and and you know it's it's it. Running was for the better. Um, in in the process of up until that first marathon, I I ruptured my hamstring. Oh geez. I I didn't tear it. I tore it in two. So I've got a section that's, uh, I think it's seven centimeters long, that's behind my knee, that it's not one hamstring, it's two. Jesus. And um, the reason, I I don't know how I did it at the time, but looking back on it now, I think I have, I think I have a clue why, and I'll get into that a bit later in, in the story, because... This this running story hasn't quite come to an end yet. Okay, <laughs> so I, I ran the first ha- first half marathon and I yeah. did I did great. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, about kilometer eighteen, my hip starts bugging me. And I, I'm thinking, okay, well, it's just you know I haven't ran this far, I haven't done this much. I've got to keep pushing. I'll be fine. Just kind of yeah. stretch it out as you're running. Yeah. It's kind of one of the things you do. You know, my hamstring wasn't hurting me. My felt my feet felt great. Um, I was still passing somebody people that were losing their their drive. Right. Um. There were there's the the Gold Coast Marathon, which is the marathon I ran, uh, is known as one of the flattest courses in the world. Okay. There's there's not much elevation. There's there's a couple of bridges you kind of have to go over. Right, but because I was running in the hills, hills are easy for me at this point, and right. I'd start just flying past people because they'd hit a hill because they've been running the treadmill for for too long and they they don't really they don't have that hill climb drive, and I I kind of just lean into it and just kind of push harder on the hill and get over right. it. And... Yeah. So I kind of figured by eight, by the kilometer eighteen kilometers, you know that's that probably had a lot to do with it fatigue just whatnot um i finished the marathon two hours and 11 minutes it was great my 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 wife and my oldest son and my youngest son were in the crowd and they were on the finish line nice they didn't see me finish oh no (laughs) they heard my name because i i as soon as i hit the last kilometer i picked up my face and for some unknown reason i start just crying Wow! It was kind yeah. of like, you know, that that moment of completing a huge task, and it just the emotions, and I'm just like trying to fight the tears. Yeah. And you know, everybody's like cheering you on on the sides, and you're like, yeah, far, I'm doing it. I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this goal. Yeah. This, this un unsurmountable aren't un, unsurmountable yeah. unsurmountable <laughs> task that yeah. Yeah. I put in front of myself. This goal. It's gonna to come to an end, and I was. You can see the. There's there's a couple of pictures that they they took, and the look on my face is sheer just like determination, and tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I I, I get get to the the finishing carpet, which is I think the last. It's either fifty or hundred meters. They call my name, and I sprint. Nice, and according to what my wife said is oh, I think we heard your name. Where are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I finished about five minutes ago. Where are you? They're like, we didn't even see you finish.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And oh. and I kind of just like a black blur because I'm wearing black leggings and a, a black top and just kind of like a blur. And I the the pictures I cross from one side of the track to the other just to get around a whole bunch of people. that are yeah. kind of like taking their last few slow steps. And I just kind of like, Phew! but cut to about four months later. No, but eight months later. Yeah. I, I, I'm gearing up for the next marathon, but that's when COVID hit and I got laid off. Right. So instead yeah. of being all down and depressed and, Oh, I've got no job now I'm homeschooling. And now I got to deal with this BS. I put it into two things. I became handy with tools like I nice. believe somebody else did. <laughs> and I started applying to my running. And Good. it wasn't just me applying to my running. I got my my middle son, my middle kid. He was running too. Nice. And I got him into running. Cool. And we were both running and we were doing great. It was great. And then all of a sudden my hip starts hurting. My hip starts hurting. My hip starts hurting. And it was instead of just being like this annoying pain, yeah. it was a half a day issue. Okay. Okay. And I finally, I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. I got to go to the doctor. And I go to my doctor and he's really good. But he sends, free, sends me for x-rays and I get an MRI and, they, and I come back and he's like, okay, this is above my head. I don't understand what's going on. You've got excessive bone growth in your hips. Okay. So excessive I've got I've got growth. one hip that bugs me and the other one that's gonna be bugging me is, is pretty much the way he broke it down to me.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So I've got I've got a bum hip now. Right. Um and I'm still waiting to see the specialist unfortunately because thanks to COVID, they're not seeing anybody right now and I think there's still the doctors and and whatnot at the 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 specialist level are still doing a lot of uh, tele, tele image tele, tele-, tele whatevers
0: telehealth or whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, so, so can, you, can see, you still run? You just can't do it for long distances now, or?
1: Um. I well. I stopped running. That's stopped uh, and, I, and I and I put I put on like you know six seven kilos and yeah um but yeah i had to stop running because it just hurt so much um now my doctors come back and said okay well i think you need to to start running you probably do it at a slower pace um but you got to start moving you got to start doing it again so that's that was my gift of covid i I built a table and i lost a hip (laughs) oh right
0: the dining table right
1: yeah it's so i built this uh it's a six by two meter yep. dining table okay. with an ice well in the middle, completely out of old pallets. Yep. 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 And it's, it's, it's nice. I still need to finish sealing the, uh, the, the ice well in it. It's got a little bit of a leak problem in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> by, by a little bit, I mean like a huge leak problem. But I think it, it has a lot to do with the, uh, the sealing technique I used. But uh, yeah, I, and 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 I gotta build some chairs for.
0: It. But uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. So I yeah, want to, I want to, I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned, like, when you were running your first half marathon. You know, by kilometer eighteen, you know, your hips were really starting to to give you trouble, and um, so I mean, what 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 helped you to push through to finish? the marathon like and I know like a lot of people who compete in marathons have already built up enough I don't know if resiliency is the right word but you know they're able to push through the pain because you know endurance running and and marathon running is no easy feat but there's also a lot of people that maybe would have quit you know so what what kept you going what kept you like how did you handle the pain
1: I didn't give myself the option I think it's pretty much where it came down to
0: okay like
1: quitting quitting wouldn't have happened I wouldn't have let myself I, I've worked too many bad services on a line to know that stopping and quitting doesn't get you anywhere. Right. You, if you're done yeah. you and walk away, well, that fuck you. I got to do your job now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you don't drop and you don't, it's on the line. It's about not letting your team down, but when you're running, it's not about letting you down. I put myself in this situation. I told people that I'm doing this. I had to do it like if I I it, it never even crossed my mind that this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to be able to finish this. Right. I think it's, it's, it's just a matter of having and I've always prided myself for years on this is just having the ability to get the job done. Yeah. It might be not the fastest. It might not be the prettiest. But I'm going to do my best and it's going to get done. You know, I that plate's going out. That dinner's going to get served as quickly and as with the highest quality as I possibly can.
0: That's such a great story. I mean, the uh, you know, right from you know, you just have to do it. There just simply isn't an option to, you know. And we hear about. I guess this is this is the funny thing. Like we hear about all these. These stories about uh, whether they're celebrities or or figures or whatever, what have you, about people, you know, overcoming these odds. Um, For me, knowing you for as long as I have, hearing that type of story coming from you certainly hits home um, because, you know, I've always known this, but, you know, you've been through a lot. Your family's been through a lot, uh, a lot of different things, a lot of ups and lots of downs, like you said. But. Um, you're probably one of the most resilient people I've known and you know it's I think it's because of that mentality that it's do it or bust you know there just simply isn't any other option you got to do it or else there is just nothing I think that's fantastic and uh, I think that's a great message to that I hope everybody listening um, gets some value out of and uh, thanks for sharing man that's an awesome story what's uh what's next like what's so you know you, you obviously can't run anymore um, or you, you or you're just doing it at a slower pace like are you just gonna continue running at at the pace that you're comfortable with or you know I guess covid has brought about the word pivoting as a new trending term now you know are you gonna pivot <laughs> to something different like what does that look like for you um at this point um I haven't gotten back to
1: running my doctor's telling me I probably should. Okay. Um, the wife and I go for nice long walks and I'll do she'll do some jogging cuz she's trying to push herself to to meet her goals.
0: She looks great um, by the
1: way. Oh. She is not the same woman she used to be. No, like, she no, is half okay. of that.
0: Does she still like, look, I, I am so, so proud of,
1: of what she's done yeah. for herself. And you know I, I loved her before and I loved her now and either or i it wasn't for me cuz and she knows it she's like she's like i want i want to do this for me i'm like you do that for you i'll love you i'll help you i'll support you we'll get through this i'll pick you up if you need to but it wasn't for me that she did it which which is that much more inspiring like her, her story is is huge like what she's done for herself, and yeah, it's 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 phenomenal.
0: Well, we got to get her on a podcast then.
1: Well, she actually started listening to your
2: podcast. I've been
1: bugging her about it um, since, yeah. since your first. I think your second, actually. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you got to listen to this. Brett's got a great podcast. You got to, you know, it. You say a lot of the same things about motivation and and just getting stuff done. I think, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe when she hears this, and she probably, she probably will, and she'll probably criticize me for it. But oh, you know, maybe she'll 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 be on your podcast. I, I don't know. I think that'd be great.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because you know, uh, uh, obviously I obviously haven't. I've never. I haven't talked to her at length about her transformation. But just you know, seeing you know pictures are one thing. But you know the the tone in her her post and I, she sent me a message actually uh, last night about when she she listened to um my leadership and failures podcast and just just by the way she wrote her post i'm just like this is not the same woman that no. I, I met before i was gonna ask you like does she still look pretty when she wakes up oh yeah always <laughs> oh, she always does inside
2: like... joke alert
1: <laughs> so the the, the biggest Biggest thing that I noticed in her transformation,
2: yeah,
1: is, and, and and if anybody knows my wife, and if you know Brent, there's there's like a twenty percent chance you know my wife. My wife was a large girl, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing I noticed was the fact that I'd have to roll over and scooch over to cuddle at night, right. Whereas at one point in time, it was she was pushing me off the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the way she slept and how, and I could just like roll over and it was cuddle time. Yeah. And, and as soon as it changed from roll over to scooch over. Yeah. It was, that was the biggest thing that I noticed. Like crazy.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah.
1: Her, the, the amount of space that she takes up is, I swear to God, it's half. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And, and, and then recently, we just bought a king-sized bed, so cuddle time is roll over scooch, and then, like, three more scooches <laughs> after that.
0: <laughs> nice. And then you find out that there's two kids in the bed still, and you're like,
2: all right,
1: well, there's still room here. I'm just going to go back over there. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. That's amazing.
1: So, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, it's been a pleasure just to to, to hear your podcast. Like When I first saw that you came out with the podcast, I'm like, oh not again somebody else has got a new podcast i already (laughs) listen to too many podcasts as it is but you know right after listening to your podcast it's it has definitely added in to to my world nice i i enjoy listening to it i look forward to the next podcast um you know just listening to your perspective on things um you know, you're sharing other people's perspectives that you have on. Um, even when you went over to 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 loose and conversational, listening to to that pr- perspective, you know, it was it's, it's been great just having you share your
0: your your slice of the world. Oh, that's awesome, man! Thank you. That means a lot. Um, and uh, like, I. <laughs> I have no intentions of monetizing this. I don't care if I, if I have zero listeners or a million listeners, like it's just as fun doing this. And, and I think right now, like as much as I want to share my own perspective and, and to help people in in some particular way, like the other half of it, like you get to do cool things like this and, and catch up with, uh, with, with old friends and, and, and new friends and current friends alike. like, It's awesome. Like one of the things I'm actually looking forward to right now with this podcast in particular is not only like the stories that you've shared, which are awesome, by the way, like just throwing it out to the old Canon crew and be like, Hey, this is, you know, just, Holy shit. I just dropped my mouse. Um, you know, just, just, just getting it out to them because, you know, it's, it's always great to hear old friends and old voices and it makes you reminisce and it makes you remember the good times. Like that's, that's probably the other part of this that I'm really, looking forward to and hope that it actually that it actually does. That. I'm glad the podcast is 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 uh, you're enjoying it man. That's great.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's been great. And and as for So the you better share the shit out of it through. then. Absolutely <laughs> as <laughs> can't ask true. I don't think uh my lovely voice is going to bring anybody coming. <laughs> I don't think I, know, I uh you know, I was well you know. liked by most. And I think that's just Well,
0: problem. you Yeah, but at the same time you weren't out to 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 win the approval of anybody either, which is a great quality in itself. So I wouldn't worry too much of that. And I could probably bet you because you didn't give a shit about what other people thought. That's I'm sure people respected you for that. So,
2: any
1: case, I hope so. Like it's it's certainly not something I was ever looking for. But
0: yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's a lot of lonely
1: nights sitting in my room doing nothing. But no, right on. uh, cool, man. I, like, for me on your podcast, it's been, it's, it's my first one, and I've, I've probably listened to like 5,000
0: by now. And you know, like, ever since I started this, like, there's just podcasting because it's so easy to start, and actually, it's relatively cheap to start. Like, there's just so much content out there, so much and um like you know the content that i do uh for this brand new podcast outside of like you know you know friends conversations and maybe some you know opinions on things from time to time like there's so many motivational and journey of change and things out there it's just like you said the 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 perspective being offered and i'm uh i'm happy if i only have 13 listeners for the rest of the time that i do this and if it grows to more then hey that's that's great um but yeah, it was great having you man. Great to catch up with you. For I'm sure. I'm
1: here. It's you know we've, we've said it enough you you're going to have to come visit us one day.
0: We, we can so you know another
1: podcast in person.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that'd be awesome. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take a lot of equipment. You know, Kay and I were we were talking about it the other day and uh it so I have this thing I have this thing where if something is mainstream, I don't want to do it. And ever since I moved to, we'll call it the Bow Valley, Banff, Lake Louise, like it's, it's fucking, it's Aussie 2.0. And in in that area and nothing's wrong with that. I love Aussies. I think it's great. And when I worked at sunshine for a season, you know, I was basically surrounded by them. So I got to know them, their culture, their lingo and all these kinds of things. And it's fucking awesome, man. I love it. But because it was so mainstream i was like everyone's like i gotta go to australia i got that's my that's my thing i gotta go find myself in australia i'm like fuck that, fuck that. everybody wants to go to australia i'm not going come sit on the beach mate Well, dude can have a barbecue come come enjoy a few bevvies no, but but so so anyways, the only reason why we would want to go is to come see you guys. Like that's like the that that's the the, the the single motivation to go to Australia is to come see you guys. And I know has always talked about Chris and Mel and wanting to catch up with them. Um I don't know if they're in Australia or if they're in New nope, Zealand. They're or in
1: or New Zealand. Sure. Um I had to I went and visited them for
0: a week about
1: four years ago. Oh nice. Okay, it part of my, my visa process and that was I was in my running process.
2: <laughs> I actually nice. had
1: to leave Australia for, I had to leave the rock in order to get my visa application process and finalized. Yeah. You got to kind of like re-enter
0: the country yeah. in a manner
1: of speaking. Well, right? they, yeah. they won't, they won't finalize your, your decision until you've left. So you have to right. leave and then they, they'll be like, yeah, okay, you can come back or no, you can't. And, oh, that was the most stressful, uh, uh, Trip vacation, I guess. I don't know of my life.
0: Well, case yeah, it's like you leave, but you don't know if you're ever coming back. I don't
1: know if I'm coming back. I don't. There was a (laughs) few uh, uh, hiccups on the way out that uh, that uh, stressed me out completely. That uh, made me think I wouldn't be coming back.
0: Oh no, what were they?
1: Maybe for another podcast. But uh, yeah, it was until until I got that decision, and it was about. 4 days. I'm just yeah. like what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm so stressed. I'm so freaked out. I just I don't know if I'm what am I going to do? I got like mm-hmm. 100 bucks in my pocket. I'm in a country where I don't live. I have I'm staying at a friend's place just chilling out for a couple of days and yeah. you know I got nothing. I, I I can't work. I can't I haven't worked in a while. Yeah, I can't afford to fly back home. Hell, fly back to any of them. Like, if I have a ticket to Australia, and if I can't go there, I don't know what I'm gonna do.
0: Jesus, that's scary.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It ranked pretty up there with the uh, the most uh, traumatic, stressful. I don't know what's
0: going on. Moments in my life. Yeah, no doubt. Well, here you are, you're back in the country, you're safe, you got a beautiful family, man. And uh, it sounds like you're killing it. So that's awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this very special episode of the Zeranyi podcast. Big thanks to Chris for spending some time with us. If you would like to be a guest or have a fun or interesting topic that you'd like us to talk about, then please find us on Facebook at Brent Cedar M or on Instagram at B You can also check out our website at www.zeranyi.com. I'd like to thank Ixon, Joe Bagale for providing today's music and be safe, stay well and be healthy, everybody.